0: Welcome to The Money Diaries. I am your host, Nicole Ayub, and I am the founder of Wall Street Girl Next Door. Here at The Money Diaries, we are going to be untangling the emotional relationship we have with our money and having an intimate conversation about the sides of money we never talk about. We will be diving into fear, shame, money wounds, habits, behaviors, and how we can heal them to have a beautiful and healthy relationship with our money. Here we go. Welcome back to the money diaries. I am so glad that you're joining me on this next episode. So on this episode and the next couple of episodes, I'm going to be talking about some of my personal journey, one starting with this healing journey that I've been on for the past few years and talking about that from a mental and emotional standpoint, how my money and my financial journey played into that. I'm also going to do another episode going a little bit more in depth into my money journey and my struggles with fear, shame, debt, doing another episode on aligned debt and unconscious debt. And so I'm really going to be digging in and getting personal with you guys and sharing more of my story with you and also how that relates to this brand, because a lot of my healing journey because of that is why I started this brand and how I'm able to go ahead and help my clients and people in general just through this podcast and through the brand on helping people on their healing journey as well, focused around money. But because of my healing journey, I'm able to go ahead and pass that on to others. so to tell you a little bit more about my journey i'm just going to focus on the last few years and really just being in new york so i've been in new york for 7 years and a little over 4 years ago so july of 2019 i stopped drinking alcohol and i got sober and that's really what the catalyst was to me doing some of this deeper emotional healing so to tell you a little bit about why I got sober, I was just kind of at this place where I was emotionally and mentally and spiritually just bankrupt. I really didn't have anything inside of me that usually keeps me going. So me as a person, I have a lot of ambition, like this fire inside of me that really keeps me going. And I didn't have any of that. And so I had been in New York for three years. And I had been at a place in my career where I was struggling a little bit, and I just wasn't that happy. And a big part of Wall Street and the Wall Street culture is you go out a lot, everybody goes out for happy hour. And it's also just, you know, it's Manhattan, this place is anytime any night of the week that you want to go out, you can until like all hours of the night, you know, and that's why it's it's the city that never sleeps. And it really is. It's a tough city. Like this city is very unforgiving, which is why people say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. It, it's a very valid thing. And so I had been here for, you know, a few years, and I was just going out all the time. And I was really burnt out. And as my performance work started to struggle and started to decline, I was going out more. And then that was adding to my underperformance as well. And so it was just kind of this cycle that I was and I just reached a point to where I actually was going to quit my career at that point. And that's when I knew that something was off with me because I've never my entire life never not wanted to have my career. I mean, I knew I wanted to be in finance In sixth grade. So, at like 11 years old, I knew I wanted this career and I knew I wanted to be doing exactly what I was doing. And I was doing it. And then I didn't want it anymore. And I just knew that something was off with me. And so, when I reached that point, I said, All right, well, maybe. Stop going out and stop drinking just for a couple weeks and see how you feel. And so that's what I did. And that was my intention. I just was like, okay, let me just stop drinking for a couple weeks and see what happens. And everything got better. And I was really anxious at that point, I was struggling with some depression as well, because those two things tend to go hand in hand for me. And my anxiety and my depression was just at very at like levels that it had never been before. And so when I stopped drinking, I just said, all right, so for the next two or three weeks, like I'm just going to get my sleep back in order and my anxiety back down to baseline. And then I'll figure it out from there. And really what happened is I just never looked back. It was something that when I gave it up, I realized how much control it had over me and how much of an impact it had on me. And it just became very clear to me that this was something that, couldn't be in my life anymore. If I ever wanted to become the person that I wanted to become and have the life that I wanted to have, I really thought that the lifestyle that I was living at that time was robbing me of the future that I wanted. And I had like such a clear idea of the future that I wanted. And I knew that I just wasn't going to get there living the lifestyle that I was living. And so I just I never looked back. And that was the turning point for me. And so once I was able to get some clarity it became apparent to me how much i had been suppressing and not dealing with and just covering up that everything was fine because you know i had a good career like i had friends i had like everything on the outside you know looked fine and like shiny and pretty but on the inside like everything was was crumbling and was in like a million pieces and so that's what started this journey. And it's been a really long, slow journey. It's been a little four years and some change that I haven't drank. And so and it's taken that long in order for me to do some of this deeper healing. And so once I stopped drinking, I was in therapy and was getting help with working through my anxiety because I was still struggling with my anxiety. And Which I still struggle with today, but it's much more manageable. And I don't live in acute anxiety like I used to. And so when I'm anxious now, I can tell that there's just something off in my life and that I need to figure out what I need to do with it. But at that point, I was just this anxious ball, just like kind of like walking around Manhattan. And so it was really hard for me to tell what was causing it. And there wasn't really any relief. So I did a lot of work on trying to get to the other side of it. So that's what started this healing journey that I've been on. And during the pandemic, this woman that I knew from my yoga studio, she was my former yoga instructor. Her name is Yaro. And I had worked with her privately in New York before the pandemic, doing some energy healing, so like Reiki and some form of like talk therapy and working through some inner child stuff but i wasn't ready at that point to do the work that i've been doing i just mentally and emotionally and even physically like my nervous system and where i was at that point i couldn't have handled i just wasn't ready but that kind of planted the seed and that was even So I started working with Yarrow back in 2016. So that's seven years ago is really when I started this journey, but I wasn't able to commit to it. And that's why it's been a really long journey. It's been a slow one because I've realized that I can mentally be aware of, okay, I'm ready to process these bigger things that I have been suppressing my whole life and been carrying around with me. But then my nervous system and the way that my body like protects itself, you know, which is like anxiety and some dissociating and everything like I wasn't ready for that yet. So I had to do a whole bunch of work leading up to the deeper healing work. And so during the pandemic, Yaro moved back to California, where she's from, and started this group container of women where we were on virtually where we would meet every week, and go through and process some of our old childhood wounds and childhood trauma. And so when I entered that group, that was two and a half years ago, that was really the process of me starting to look at all of the things that I had been suppressing my entire life and ignoring. And I wasn't even consciously aware that I had been suppressing so much and that I had been numbing myself and not feeling my feelings and not feeling pain and addressing my fear. I had just kind of shoved that down, swept it underneath the rug and then kept up appearances on the outside to make it seem like everything was together and everything was fine. And it really wasn't. And so once... I started that journey, it was just kind of like, Oh, wow, okay, like, here we go. And so it was just kind of like, so much was revealed to me, that I had to work on. And that's also been a very slow process, because I wasn't even aware of some of the wounds that I had been carrying around with me for my whole life. And so when I started that group with her, and a handful of other women, that I was so uncomfortable. I told her, I think a couple weeks in, I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, this is just not meant for me. We would like sit on Zoom, and it was just women with like the other women in the group would cry. And like that made me super uncomfortable. And I was just like, I cannot sit in this group and like talk about my feelings with other people like this. Like, everybody else seemed to be able to do that. And I didn't have that ability at that point because I had such walls up. And so I had to really like start from scratch and learn how to be vulnerable and how to let other people see these parts of me. And that group allowed me to do that. And I told her a couple weeks in, I was like, I just I don't think I can do this. This is my personal hell is like sitting in a group of like a small group of women and crying. And like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. And "Hmm." she just told me she just said, you know, Give it a try and just lean into it more. And I did. I did lean into it. And I just kind of have been listening to whatever she's been telling me to do ever since, because I kind of figured I don't know what else, like, I don't really have anything to lose. And I didn't want to keep living the way that I was feeling. Like, I really wanted to have that emotional freedom and I wanted to have freedom from my anxiety. And So I just kept leaning in. And and every time I felt like I can't do this, I just would lean in more. And the really beautiful thing about this group is I was able to feel supported. And I don't think I'd ever really felt that on an emotional level before. And so it was just this really beautiful experience of me being able to show these parts of me that I hide from everyone and then people being able to support me and you know, just show me love and care. And that was a big catalyst for me to be able to open up to other people. And so I did that group. And then there was a another group that she had that followed up after that, where we continued to do more of the digging deeper into what are the things that keep us stuck? What are our fears? What are the things that get in the way of us stepping into our power? So I never really know how to describe Yaro because she's so many different things and so many different roles in my life, but is a personal power mentor and also a somatic healer. So a lot of this, when we would sit there and say, like, here's the things, here's how I'm feeling, you know, she would come back and say, like, where do you feel this in your body? So that's the somatic part of this journey is it's just where do I carry this? Where do I feel it? And how do I get to the other side of it? And so it was a very, so we had somatic practices of doing like meditation and journaling and chanting and all of these daily practices that we would have to do in order to rewire our nervous system. So through these two groups that I did with her, that's what we were doing. We were rewiring our nervous system. And I didn't Realize how much rewiring my nervous system needed because I was just always used to functioning at such an anxious level and being like highly functionable at these levels. And also, like part of the reason that I got sober too was I knew I'd made it fairly far in my life and my career, but I knew I wasn't reaching my full potential, and I just knew I wasn't. And I thought, like, if you've made it this far without your full potential and kind of being in a bit of a deficit, you know, with sleep and mentally and everything, like how far can you go if you're not in a deficit? And what if you really changed how you could really? So my thought was, how far can you go if you aren't always in a deficit? And that's when I committed to really healing myself mentally and emotionally so i could be the best version of myself and not just for my career but for the life that i wanted so to have the friendships that i wanted to have that life that i wanted i wanted to be able to mentally and emotionally be able to have those things and i wanted to have that sense of internal peace that i was missing and so that's what these groups and my work with yaro have have done. We, we're still working. I mean, two and a half years in, I'm still working on rewiring my nervous system, but it's just been such a huge transformational process for me where it's really like you become a different person and you're able to handle life in different situations like completely differently. And so it's like you get a new pair of glasses and you get a new nervous system that, and you just get to experience life differently. And so I'm still on this healing journey. And I have processed a lot of the childhood trauma and all of the things that I had been suppressing my whole life. And so a lot of that has come up. A lot of it is still coming up. And the type of trauma that I had throughout my life wasn't like the big types of trauma or like one significant traumatic event. It's like all the little tiny traumas that's like like a thousand paper cuts. And I also just really struggled with self-worth and self-esteem and perfectionism that creates so much pressure that I put on myself. And so all of these things I had to work on and I'm still working on them. They still work with Yaro. She's still my mentor. And so we're still working on continuing to heal my nervous system and to continue to she leads me to me being able to step. So she guides me on me being able to step into my true authentic self, my highest self, my most regulated, secure self. And I need a lot of support for that. That is stuff that I cannot do on my own. And I have realized because before I got sober, I was like a very self-sufficient person where I thought if you asked for support or for help, like that was a weakness. And I always tried. I had this mentality that was like, I can do this on my own. Like, I don't need anybody. And I would just fight these battles on my own and like go to find out that actually it was like a huge detriment to me. And now I have so much support. And I very much like reach out for support all the time, because I know that support makes such a big difference. And that's really why I started this brand is to give people support, because I know how hard it is to try and fight these battles on your own. And when you have the right support, and you have somebody there, When you have the right support and somebody by your side that can help guide you, get you to where you want to go, it makes such a big difference. And people don't have to fight these battles on their own, and especially with money. So with what I do in my day job is there's the human element there, which I think is vital to your relationship with your money and your finances. And so I started this brand to give people support because I feel like the demographic that I want this brand to speak to is the demographic that gets overlooked as having support on a human level. And that's because the way that the financial industry is structured is it's just geared towards people who already have money. And so the people who haven't accumulated assets yet and don't know how to get there aren't getting that type of one on one support. And so because I've had the support that I've had, and I've felt such breakthroughs with having the right support and somebody by my side helping to guide me. And I have a lot of support. It's not just Yarrow. I I call it like my SWAT team of people that help me because that's what I need. And it feels like a relief to have people that can help me and can help me see things that I can't see. And I don't have to fight all these battles by myself. And so I am able to ask for a lot of support today. And I do. It takes what it takes. And it's not something that I very much think that it takes much more strength to ask for help and support than it does to try and fight battles on your own. And I just had to learn that. And so I have a lot of support today. And I'm here in lots of different capacities, which is why I wanted to build out this brand, even like starting this podcast. This podcast is a form of support to help people with their relationship with their money. And so is this brand. And that's what I do as a coach with clients one-on-one and through other things that this brand is gonna be doing in, in the future. It's just all about giving people support. And so through the support that I've had and through this healing journey that I've been on of healing all of the, it's really regulating my nervous system and being able to address like the fear and the shame and all of those things that have a visceral response in our body. So what I mean by that is we can have these emotional reactions to fear and shame in our body and it can come out as anxiety, it can come out as perfectionism. It can so a big part of fear is control and trying to control things. And so these are all ways that our nervous system seeks Protection And so that's why this brand is I try to help people on an emotional level with their money and their finances, because I don't see a lot of the emotional level being addressed. I think that it's starting to, there's even like talks of like financial therapy, and that's becoming more talked about and more. It's not exactly a defined field now. But at least being able to approach finances from that perspective, I think, is going to be huge going forward, because there's we are there is an emotional connection that we have with our money. And so when we look at money as just this currency, and we don't address the emotional part and the emotional reaction that we have to our money, then we're going to keep staying in the same cycles that we've had our entire life. And so What I do with clients and just through the brand is I really want people to think about how they feel about their money from an emotional level. Like, How does it make you feel to even hear the word money, to hear the word debt? What are like the words that come up for you? And how does it make you feel when other people start talking about money or ask you questions about money? It can be so uncomfortable. And it's like, why? Where is this coming from? And I think that if we start to help people from that emotional aspect, people really will start to relate to their money and their finances differently because it's so much more than just paying off a credit card and creating a budget and tracking how much you spend. Like there's so much more to it than that. And that's really what I'm here to help people with is... How, on an emotional level, are you feeling and relating to your money? And how does that feel on a somatic level? So, somatic means how are you, what is your reaction inside of your body? So, normally, when Yaro asks me that, it's like I'll feel a knot in my stomach or I get tension headaches. And so, that's where I have a lot of my, that's where I can feel a lot of my emotions, is I can feel it through the knot in my stomach. And then I can also feel like my head will get start to get really tense and start pounding. And I can just tell now because I've been doing this work for so long that when I have that reaction, it's like, okay, this is causing something inside of me that I'm having this reaction to. And it can also be like, you can get really hot and like overwhelmed, you can get shaky or not know you can get nervous and not know how to respond there's even sometimes if it's something that really can trigger you and trigger meaning something that sends off an emotion inside of your body that's coming from the past something that's stored in your body so a trigger is something that if you had some type of trauma in the past when you have a trigger it kind of pokes at that wound. And so that can be even there are sometimes where if I know that it's something that's hit something on a little bit of a deeper level, my brain will just kind of shut off and will go a little blank. And that's called like dissociating. And that's when you know, you've hit something that's more on a deeper level. And that's okay. You don't have to keep poking at it at that point, like there are windows of tolerance, which just means like you don't want to your nervous system, and your emotional, your internal, like emotional system can only has a window of tolerance that can handle so much. And you want to stay within your window of tolerance. So if you start to notice that things just start to get too overwhelming, or you're starting to dissociate a little, then you don't want to push things too far. And that's just where this is a low, long, slow process. And I know I'm the type of person where I just wish like everything could just like come out all at once. And like it could just be all done with and have, you know, just get past it. But that's not the way that it works. And it really is just having to meet yourself and everybody's different. And your nervous system and everybody's nervous system is wired differently. And so meeting yourself where you're at and having somebody that's able to guide you through that process. And so that's where having support makes all the difference. Because if you go through these things, and you experience them on your own, it is so hard to get to the other side. And I I don't even know, I can only speak from my own experience that the only way I've been able to get to the other side of things is through having support. And I know that I can sometimes also make things harder on myself than they need to be. And when I have somebody there supporting me and holding space for me, I'm able to know when I need to give myself a break and go easy on myself. And so that's been my healing journey and i'm still like very much on it i still have things that i'm working through and i'm healing but i've been able to experience a lot of the internal freedom and peace that i've never been able to experience before and that's what it's all about is being able to walk through life having some peace serenity and joy and not being so consumed with anxiety or fear or anger but being able to have some of those Positive emotions and just experience life differently and through those, you know, different lenses. And so that's really what my healing journey has been all about. And also finding my true authentic self, too, because that was a huge part of the healing journey for me was really being honest and discovering who I am as a person and not who I think I should be. And that's really difficult as well. So for, like a lot of my life, I kind of had this idea of who I should be, and how I should act and the things I should do and what my life should look like. And part of this journey is being able to break down that idea, and just really tapping into who I am on a more authentic level. And that can be a really scary process, because you get to know yourself. And getting to know yourself is, it can be scary, because you think that you can know yourself like your whole life. And then you can find out different parts of you that you didn't know before. And so a big part of this journey and it continues to be a big part of this journey is me really tapping into my authentic self. And as we like to say it in the group that I'm in, connecting to my highest self. So my highest self is what I see as my most healed self. And so that's what I'm always working towards is connecting to that person. And so through this brand, again, like, it's really important for me to help people on an emotional level, connect to their money and their finances differently. And there it's a process. And so I was just actually listening to an episode of Yaro's podcast today and she was talking about how we can do so much mindset work because this buzzword now is like wellness and mindset and I mean they've built like a huge like massive industry based on that and you can continue to do all the mindset work in the world but if your nervous system hasn't been rewired to handle the shifts in your mindset, you're going to stay in the same cycles, and you're going to get stuck because everything comes down to the somatic feeling of what can your nervous system handle? And how can you process that within your nervous system? And so it really starts with being able to address how your money makes you feel within your nervous system. And that's the part that I help my clients with is really connecting to, well, how does that make you feel? Like, where do you feel that? And what are the words that come up with that? I also think it's really important for people to journal and figure out like, What are the things that bring you joy with your money and like noticing those moments as you experience them? And also, what are the things that bring up a lot of fear and a lot of scarcity or whatever the emotions are that are coming up, starting to tap into those and really paying attention to the emotional reaction that you have towards your money and your money mindset. Because if you just focus on the mindset piece without focusing on the emotional piece, then you're only solving half the problem, you're never going to be able to solve the other piece of the puzzle. And so I work with clients and people on both of those pieces. So on the emotional level, and on the mindset level of really healing your relationship with your money. And I know, which I'll get into in another episode, I've had a really roller coaster of a ride with my money journey and my money story. And I'm still working on that. It's never I feel like you're never going to reach a point where you're like, okay, everything's fine. And now I'm good for the rest of my life. Like there's work that continually needs to be done. And it just takes consistency. And that's where support helps and you start to change these habits and behaviors so that you start to notice the shifts, but it's a continual process. And it's a continual evolution. And so and it's not linear. And I always want to tell people that is it's really hard. And it's a challenging process. But it's the biggest reward that you can ever get in your life. And it really is just, it's not linear. And you'll feel like you'll take three steps forward and two steps back. And that's okay. It's part of the process. And also just having somebody to help guide you as you are on this journey. So as you start to take those steps forward, and then as you start to regress a little bit, having the support there, somebody there to hold that space for you to keep you going and pointing you in the right direction makes all the difference. And so that is what I'm aiming to do through this brand and really help people to heal their relationship with their money because it is an emotional We have an emotional attachment to it, whether if we want to admit it or not, or are aware of it or not. It's an emotional relationship that we have, and money's not going anywhere. And so you can't ignore it. And I think a lot of people ignore their relationship with their money because they don't want to look at it. And so once you start to look at your relationship with your money and finances, that's really the first step is just having awareness and starting to be aware of where am I with? Where am I on my journey? Where do I want to be? what is the goals that I want to have? And how do I want to feel about that? I mean, I know that I was just there was someone that I was talking to, like a couple weeks ago, and they were saying how they didn't have, they were like, Oh, I don't have any fear around my money. And I was just like, Oh, that's so interesting. Like, I think everybody has fear in some capacity or another, you're just probably not aware of it. And they were like, No, I don't. And I was just like, Okay. And then they said, Well, at least once a day, I freak out about my money and wonder, you know, like what's happening with my money or, but they said at least once a day had a freak out over their money, but then it would pass. And I was just like, okay, so that's the fear. That's the emotional reaction to your money is that at least once a day, you have these thoughts of like freaking out about your money. And it doesn't have to be that way. And that's what I think a lot of people can feel like I'm just going to be this way forever, because this is how I was either brought up or this is how I've been my whole life. And this is just how I feel about money. And this is how it's going to be forever. And it doesn't have to be that way. And so if you want to have more peace, and when I say financial freedom, I don't necessarily mean like actually having financial freedom to where you can quit your job. Like, yes, that is a form of financial freedom. But Financial freedom on an emotional level to where you're not having these big reactions towards your money. You're not being consumed by fear and scarcity. You're not afraid of your money, where you can get to a point where you actually have a healthy relationship with your money and your finances and you enjoy your money and your finances. And I know that that can sound like this impossible thing because most people don't enjoy doing the little personal finance things. But if you get to a place where you've gotten past the fear, you've addressed the shame, because I feel like almost everyone on some level has shame as well. It's just you might not be aware of it. And so when you work through these things and you start to shift into a more peaceful and abundant mindset in place, then you're able to really have a healthier relationship with your money. And it's not this scary, ugly thing, or it's not greedy, because I feel like that's the word that comes up a lot when people start talking about their money is greed. And it just doesn't have to be that way. And so I guess I would just challenge you today is think about how you feel about your money. Where are you with your own relationship with your money and finances? Like, how does it make you feel? Are there different? Do you want to shift certain parts of your relationship with your money and your finances? And what would you like that to look like? So creating the picture of what you would like your relationship with your money and your finances to look like is a huge part of it. Because that's the end goal. If you want to be able to open up your banking app and not have any fear, and maybe not having fear would be that you need to build savings and you need to pay down debt, like there are things that you have to do to get past that fear and that shame. And that just are that's just a series of esteemable acts that can go ahead and help break down that fear and that shame. But if you stay in the cycles of the thing that's creating the fear and the shame, then that's also perpetuating the same cycles. And so if you want to get out of those cycles, and you really want to make some changes, this is where you have to start with where you're at today and where you want to be. And I can't say enough, support can make all of the difference in helping you get to where you want to go. So I hope that something that I said, helped somebody today. And like always, always reach out if you want support, need support, or if there's anything that resonated with you in this episode that you would like to talk to me about. Thanks for joining me, everyone. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Money Diaries. I always encourage you to reach out to me with any comments, questions, or if you need support, or if there's any topics you would like covered on an episode of The Money Diaries, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Wall Door, And I will see you on our next episode.